Hello, what have we here? Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers and with me as always is my co-host Declan Kitchener. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very well indeed. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. Josh oh. James. Hello. Is in... Hello. I'm here. You're here. Finally. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a long time coming um, to get Josh on the show because yes. uh, we kind of talked about getting Josh on last season, didn't we? But that was like one that just kind of got. I think it's always been in the air. It's been in the it's, yeah, it's been on the cards for a so while. It's been there. The stars have aligned and yeah. have shown up. Yeah, yeah. Fates has conspired Fates. to make today the day. This is an exciting one because Josh is um, a big fan of like Beatles songwriting yep. and Johnny Cash and like a lot of country stuff goes into his playing style. So um, I, for one, am actually really excited about what your song is going to sound like, and it's going to be really cool to hear. I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I was, I was saying earlier, like it's the first song that's properly come together for me in about six years. Um, technically, song number two. Because I think uh, just to explain how we know each other, yeah. uh, we're friends from school. We are, and then our first band was together. It was the Blackstrings. Yes, it was. It was the, the best band. <laughs> You're basic. Like basic college like, band, yeah. Like three sixteen-year-olds who've just got instruments and only just know how to work them. Basically, yeah. It was just when I got into the Beatles was then actually. Yeah, I think that was very bad Beatles covers. And... Well, that's when I got into the Beatles more or less as well. Like I remember, like oh yeah, I took you comp- to see a Beatles cover band. Yes, not the Beatles. Yes, ah, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then bought a bass guitar off Paul McCartney. Yes, I was going to... Not gonna... Paul McCartney, but... <laughs> yeah, not Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. I was going to buy that bass, like, a split second before you actually got the money out, you git. Yep. Here's some money. <laughs> Can I ask how much it was? It was like a, a Hofner. I paid £150 for a Tanglewood uh, RVB2. Is that like a um, Hofner bass violin it's, copy? This is like a violin copy bass, yeah. That's pretty good it, for 150. It does right. sound really nice. The only thing is, like, because of the way it's built, it has no sustain, which it is lovely no. for like soul sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's like you say, it's got a couple of cracks and the nuts broken, and I've never fixed it. But um, it did the job, didn't it? Yeah. I was like, I want to be Paul McCartney. I was like, <laughs> I want to be Brian May. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird contrast. Wasn't it? <laughs> did you play bass, Josh, in, did, in the yeah. band, in the band, a college band? All oh, right, I never actually knew that. Because obviously I've known yeah. you two were in a band together. Declan's told me a lot about the Black Strings. Yeah. Because um, our previous guest, uh, Sammy, Sammy Jonas, he was on the Black Strings as well, right? He was a drummer. Drummer slash right. we forced, singer. We forced him to uh, buy a drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were at Traeger and be like, you're buying the drum kit. I've already... <laughs> we, uh, I think we sweetened the deal by contributing 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I wanted to be an uh, electric guitarist, but then I was like, mm, Declan's a lot better. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll play bass. Declan is a very good guitarist. I think I'd probably do the same thing. Mm. Oh, you're a better guitarist than I am. But this is turning into a backslapping session. We're meant to be writing songs here. <laughs> um, for anybody who's new to the podcast, uh, what we do is we each write a song in the space of a week, and we bring the songs that we've written in those seven days to the podcast. We talk about how we wrote them, uh, the chords and the lyrics and the sort of uh, circumstances that... Anything that know, sort of factors into writing. Yeah, anything that's uh, relevant. Um, we give the guest uh, on the show... Uh, the option of going first. So, Josh, if you'd like to go first, you're more than welcome. Yeah, I will go first. Awesome. Right. <clears throat> right, let's see how this goes. So, if you say the name of your song, and then uh, <clears throat> and then it's all yours. So, this is a, this is a song called uh, 27. I 
only 27, but I don't think that I'm gonna get to heaven. Hell worse, I'll stay in my room. Down to the crossroads, he fell down on his knees. Some say he made a deal with the devil. All they know is he'll play anything with ease. And on my grave down in Mississippi, never drink from open whiskey. He was the first to make that list. I'll never join, I'm not the A-list. But I don't think that I'm gonna get to heaven now Hell or worse, I'll stay in my room I have no fans to light a can of vigil And I can't afford to go and buy a pistol I'm not famous yet, I won't be on that list A dark thought that he couldn't contain April 8th, 1994 Wrote the words we didn't want to hear Better to burn out than fade away But I'll carry on with my day to day This year I'm turning 27 But I don't think that I'm gonna get to heaven now Hello I'll stay in my room I have no fans to light a candle vigil And I can't afford to go and buy a pistol Not famous yet, I won't be on that list This year I'm turning 27 But I don't think that I'm gonna get to heaven now Hello us, I'll stay in my room Is, um, yeah, that's uh, the second song I've ever written, technically. That's awesome. Well, to put to a public forum, at least. I really like the theme of that. Like, um, I'll just move back down this way a little bit. Yeah, did it come through? Did you... Yes, it did, yeah. I've been debating writing a song with that theme for um, a while, and I'm gutted that you got there before <laughs> me. <laughs> well, I did look up. I can't find anyone else who's done anything directly associated to that, uh, to that theme. Should I explain the theme? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Yeah. So basically, that's a song. Um, that's a song that I've written called Twenty Seven. So basically, it comes from a place where I'm 26 now. I'm turning 27 uh, this year. So, and it's very much a case of uh, almost counterintuitive that I'm a bit upset that I'm not mega famous and I'm not going to die when I'm 27 <laughs> and be part of this like this list list of like insanely good musicians. The who 27 have, like, yeah. club accomplished so much. Which is like yeah. Hendrix, it's uh, Robert Cobain, Johnson. Robert jo- I was going to wonder if that was Robert yeah, Johnson. Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin, Amy uh, Winehouse. Yeah. Um, lots of like... Brian uh, Jones and the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all, all these like, you know, musicians and actors and writers as well who 
sort of live like you know crazy lifestyles and live you know, fast die young exactly it's something that I very much don't do mm. uh, and that's reflected in the lyrics so it's kind of like a weird like <laughs> like oh I'm upset that I'm not going to die next year and I'm not famous but... <laughs> it's, it's become a bit of a running joke um, uh, that you know uh, shit I've only got a year to get famous and die <laughs> yeah basically it's, it's like what it, hence the lyric like this year I'm turning 27 I don't think I'm going to get to heaven hell or worse I'm just, just going to stay, stay in, in my room. room I like that. that. That whole thing's like a, one of those really lovely, memorable refrains mm. um, that gets stuck in your head. But I mean, the cool thing with you bringing that particular song to this podcast at this time is the three of us can all relate to that. Mm. So, because so you're closely. turning 27 very soon, like I'm turning 27 in a couple of months, and then you're turning 27 before the year is out. Before the year ends, indeed. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's like. It, if if a certain age that is uh, relevant to you for for whatever reason is mm. is looming, you kind of reflect on what your the people you look up to have sure. accomplished by that point, and I I can certainly relate mm. to that. I do the same thing. It's like uh, it's this sort of again, it's a Frank Turner quote that's uh, I always remember. But like you sort of base your career off someone else's, yeah. and then if you don't hit their deadlines or things divert, their milestones, yeah. like yeah, you. Like I'm always thinking, like right, I need to get in the. I'm a big Freddie Mercury fan, so I need to get in a band by 29. I need mm. to have Bohemian Rhapsody style hit by 32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's done. So um, yeah, and and then each um, so the chorus is very much myself, like directly related to as you sort of you heard. Um, but then each each there's two verses currently, and it's it's a song that I'm looking to develop and expand over time. Currently, the two verses are about two people on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's each verse starts out with two lines quoted from their own songs. So the first oh. verse was Robert Johnson, um, and the lyric... Well, the lyric was, I went down to the crossroads, I, I fell down on my oh, knees. Of course, yeah, Stossy, yeah. But I sort of changed it to talk about him. Which mm-hmm. is that famous like myth that he yeah. sold his soul to the devil. And well, he's, again, that's where the next line comes from, is, you know, um, you know, some say he sold his soul to the devil, um, and then but people would say, like, he would, he would hide actually from the audience so they couldn't see how he would do what he does, so hence the, all I know is he plays anything with ease. Uh, and then he was buried in an unmarked grave in Mississippi. He actually died from drinking open whiskey um, that he was served at a bar because he tried to sleep with uh, the, the the landlord's <laughs> wife. Um, and yeah, so basically, and then it just the final line always brings it back to how uh, I won't <laughs> I won't meet my end in in any of these sort of fashions. Second one's Kurt Cobain. Oh, uh, I thought so. Um, yeah. Which was yeah. a more more He's, direct bit of intertextuality. I'm, yeah, I, I'm on I'm on a plane. I can complain, and then just talks about like how I looked at his suicide note when writing it, and sort of how he didn't enjoy his music. He just couldn't focus away from that. He wasn't enjoying it, and dark thoughts kept coming in. And then, and then it just talks about yeah, and then t- takes the the quote, which I'm sure me and Declan talked about the other day. It's a quote that's already been said. It's better to burn out than fade away. Mm. But um, uh, it's become quite linked with that letter. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So um. Yeah, that's basically the the song and what it's about and where the lyrics come from on that one. That's awesome. It's probably one of the more well researched songs that's yeah. ever been done for a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the other songs I've written where I've written where I've written I've done bits of other songs like choruses or verses here and there over over the years. Um, but like uh, they've always been autobiographical about myself. It's the first time where I've had to look at someone else or, or write about something that I didn't necessarily know about. That reminds me um, very much. Um, I, I I think. Uh, you know, when you when you write songs, you cut to a point where like you have a certain revelatory moment. Mm. Um, and what you just said about kind of like it being biographical of somebody else to some extent reminds me of that Beatles moment. Uh, mm. You know, where they go, "She loves you." Yeah, and it's, like, it's not being, about we love you yeah, or exactly. you love us. Yeah, it's like you become a narrator. Mm. I think with with that moment of writing songs, you kind of 
a whole other avenue opens up, you know what I mean? And then mm. it's like, okay, in the future I can, like, change my perspective of, like, who is the I in the song or who am I talking about, which is a really exciting thing mm. to be able to do. Well, it's kind of a slightly more um, country approach, I think, uh, to the lyrics in that it's more like reporting. It's, yeah. like, it's, mm. it's storytelling from another perspective. Like, like almost like in the pre-recording era where, like, um, one way to disseminate information was to just have a song that told the story of mm. a highwayman or whoever it was, and to just tell yeah. that story, you know. And that, that's what I—that's what I love about songs. Is this? I always look at the like, like Frank Turner says. I, I find songs are just poetry, but they're more interesting because you've got that melody that sort of backs it up. That you know mm. keeps you interested. Because um, otherwise, I'd be a big poetry nerd, but I'm not. I just really like music and songs. Yeah, we say and that quite often. Don't that's we? Yeah, stuff. we're not we're not poets, we're musicians. No, but I I gravitate towards stuff like Frank Turner, stuff like a lot of like country songs and stuff like Johnny Cash, where there is that very heavy on that story element, or or some kind of or, or like the early Devavana stuff where you can tell it's very personal. Yeah, um, about the person who's writing it. There's no like it's, with the lyrics. There's no there's no cloudiness to it. You can. You know what I'm talking about, and it's it's right there. Yeah, mm. that's one thing I do love about those early Death of Anna songs. They're such specific stories, but they yeah. end up having a universal appeal somehow, mm. yeah. despite it. They are unique lyrics, the Death of Anna ones, just as a real quick offset. Mm. Um, the stuff Declan's played me, like he said, it's just so utterly specific to his, to, to the lyricist's yeah. writing, you know? Um, but like you say, it's um, it, it appeals to a lot of people. Uh, just to move on to the chords slightly, one thing I do like that you do in okay. the, the verses is um, uh, you're in the key of C for most of it, Indeed. and you use a major third, which is one of our favourite little things to do. It gives a great sense of movement. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, instead of doing what's a very tempting thing to do, to do to just go straight up to that F, I like that you just take some time to go down to that D minor and then to the F. Yeah. Mm, mm. Like just a little touch, but I really like that. So that that so those those choices of of something I've I've not had knowledge of before this. I think coming into this, I was like, shit, I've got to write a song in a week. I need to have some credible music theory behind me. Something I've always stayed away from. So when I looked at it, I was like, okay, fine. Uh, so I wrote down all the chord denominations in a key and, and looked at it. and then But then I once I had that, I started, right, let's play with this a little bit. So I started in C and then I moved to that, you know, that E7 instead of um, what would naturally the be an E minor, e minor yeah. um, on the, the second, I think, maybe. Um, <laughs> so move from that and then and then it goes into the D minor, which it kind of copies um, Willie Nelson's um, On the Road Again. Oh, follows okay. that very similar sort of chord progression. Um, except on the D minor, I flourish it in a very tenacious D kind of fashion. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, okay. So it's a, it's yeah. So it's very much a blend of of like different you know different things. I've just uh, what what did our drama teacher always say, Declan? Oh, she um, was like, it's not it's not plagiarism. It's, it's not stealing if you it's not plagiarism if you steal from multiple sources. Yeah, exactly. It's inspiration. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. So inspiration, not stealing, is where I sort of come up yeah. with that um, that sort of verse. But it is technically in a different key, so I think I'm. Cheat. I'm not cheating. Oh, much. you're fine. They uh, wouldn't have a but good it wasn't. Case in it court. wasn't. In, it wasn't intentional. It just mm. after the fact. I went. Oh shit! This is um, you know, on the road again, which is a song I play all the time. Yeah, as a cover as well. So, well, that's a happy little accident. That happens all the time. Like one of my yeah. songs, um, "End of the Road," ended up being sounding to me almost exactly like Frank Turner, mm. um, "Love Forty Down." Oh yeah, nice. But it just these things happen just because you are influenced by certain people mm. and certain songs and everything and that's going to creep into your own songwriting no matter what you do yeah mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I think at a certain point, like, I think that's one of the things that's most off-putting about, like, especially when you first start writing songs. I used to write these songs, uh, you know, I was really into punk when I was younger. I used to write songs that were, like, very Ramonesy or very rancid, mm. and then people would go, it just sounds like a Ramon song. They'd name the actual song, and I'd go, oh, man, and it yeah. puts you off writing. But when you kind of own it and you go, yeah, I'm really influenced by these people, mm. it's going to come out sometimes. I think, like, when you completely copy a melody or a chord progression, at that point you, could, you might go, like, oh, man, okay, I've got to change it up. But on the whole, it's something that's worth um, mm. owning, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's all any musical act is, is um, a combination of their influences. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're never yeah. going to come up with a new chord progression. Oh, yeah, that's no. the thing. It's, everything's been done. Like, there's that, there's that, um, uh, there's, a, there's the 21 Pilots song, um, Blurry Faces, where... Uh, it's like, I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. Yeah. Um, it's like completely true because everything you do has probably been done before mm. in some, but it's about your own flourish on it. So mm. it's, it's your own lyrics, it's your own melody and how you come across with something hopefully original. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed, yeah. But no, I, I really like that song, Josh. That's awesome. That's really pretty cool. It's really well constructed and what you did with the chords because... Um, you and Declan were talking beforehand about like coming onto the podcast mm. and like how and you've already mentioned this, but how you were writing down the Roman numerals to like the degrees of the scale. Yeah, yeah we were and saying that the lyrics were well researched. The chord strip. This is probably the week <laughs> yeah. that had the most work put into it. <laughs> totally. yeah. I definitely utilised the the whole week. Um, <laughs> Good, better, better yeah. than we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was that was more from a, a a fear sort of thing of just you know having that deadline to work to, and I wanted to come. And like I said, I've, I've listened to the show. And I'm always in awe of the songs that are on, um, so it's like it's like shit. I want to come to the table with something at least half decent. Yeah. But that's also my own. But well, it's a really good. And song. you did, yeah. You you absolutely did that. I really like it, man. It's great. Well, I hope I hope you start playing this at open mics and things. It will, because I, I I had the I had it in front of me, but I actually can now do that without looking at the chords and lyrics. Mm. So it will be something that will be going into my uh, my quote unquote shows. I'm aware that no one can see my hand. My hand just—he's <laughs> yeah. doing some air quotes. Air quotes. So yeah, my quote-unquote shows or open mic nights where I'm just sort of cutting my teeth at the moment, trying to get to that point where the show will come. Mm. That's awesome. It's a good way to sort of like get the song confident under your fingers mm. as well. Like this every is... time I play something live, it just you know cements that it's that much more practice. Yeah. Well, it's quite interesting. For example, when you listen to Roger's songs, like uh, how they're initially done in the podcast, something like Billy's Courage, for example, mm. and then by the time it gets recorded, yeah. it's got all these extra bits in it, yeah. and it's faster, and it's weirder, mm. and it does all these cool mm. things. Like just open mics and things like that are a good way to sort of road test songs. Mm. No pun intended. Definitely, because it has to work on some level as a performance. Yeah. And the more you do it live, the more it's almost like the fear thing you were saying before. Mm. Like the more you're like, this has to work or yeah. else something yeah. is going to happen. Like, it makes you just be like, okay, I've got to tighten it, I've got to, mm. you know, so that's what I do with my stuff all the time. Well, I even, I even find that with, like, covers I do, like, um, like recently, because I do, I do a Johnny Cash song called A Boy Named Sue. Mm-hmm. Live, I do, like, an American, I do, like, an American accent. I really play it up. But mm. I recently went back and listened to the, the original, like, quite recently, um, and I just do it so differently now. It's like right. I've got my own vote, and I've not even realised that I've moved away from the original version to what's now my own version of that song. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah, Weird, I didn't cool. expect it to happen. It's cool how that, that happens. That just comes over time. It's almost a sort yeah. of thing like you'll make a mistake and you'll cover it up or then you'll mm. play it up or something. Yeah. Or like you'll just think, 
fuck it, what happens if I try this? Yeah. And then it just becomes an essential ingredient, uh, yeah. an essential ingredient of the song. Or like Roger, your cover of Help. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking insane. It's quite that different. Is pretty yeah. damn good. Oh, thank like, you. I just didn't expect, like, you know, all like the little guitar licks and like runs that you do yeah. in between bits that I just wasn't like expecting. But it's it, like, but it's very, it's very much like your style. Thanks. Like, I can see that, and it's yeah, it's cool. Well, with a song like Help, it's like it's obviously one of the best songs ever and I think mm. it's so well written and so well performed and recorded as well so it's like if I'm going to cover it which I wanted to it's mm. like I either do it exactly like that which I don't think I could really do mm. or I do it completely differently because if you kind of try and do it sort of like the original and you fail you kind of fall short yeah. whereas if you put your own spin on it at least you're owning it in some way whereas I don't mm. think I could do it like especially with the backing vocals the way they interplay yeah. um, so the Carpenters do a version of Help as well which is fairly similar to the way I do it where it's like um, the lead vocal carries most of it and there's Mm. not so many backing vocals like there are in the Beatles version but thanks I I appreciate Mm. that yeah it's important to do your own version of stuff Mm. for sure is there anything else you'd like to say about your song at all Um, no I don't think so no I think that's stripped it apart had a look at it look under the hood it is what it is well it's a pretty good one thank you Declan thank you for bringing that on (laughs) it's cool I'm very yeah. I'm like I said. I'm, I'm happy with that. I think like I said. I said earlier. I said like it was. It was. I'm confident it's the best song I've written. I think it's better than my other song. I would say that was the best one. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Famous last awesome. words, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. Low key confident, but also I was shitting it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's my turn to have mm. those sentiments and feelings. <laughs> oh, I can just sit back, just enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Ah, oh, we're back to non-standard tuning again. Oh yeah. Okay, so this is my song that I wrote in a week and it's called For All I Know. When I was younger I used to believe The peace was an outstretched hand we follow Or an ace stashed up the sleeve of every night alone Spent somewhere far away God had other reasons for he left running through your veins But didn't you wonder Something changed the atmosphere You let that feeling go And it was never the same It's taken you wonder Such a strange reaction to the game I was keeping a record Of every wrong I'd assumed Keeping an outstretched hand to throttle In a cold and empty room I'm keeping love away from such a lonely heart Even if you cared for me I guarantee we'd always be apart I shouldn't have wondered If love could change the atmosphere You took me by the hand And it was never the same and it was taking me under, oh, gasping under love's embrace and pining for my old familiar ways. <laughs> wow. The end bit was like a guitar solo. No. It should have been it should have been a guitar solo. 
Well, we can add that in later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that for is, all I know. That was really cool. That was nice. Thanks a lot. Thanks, um, guys. Just one thing. Yeah. That one thing that I was just, like, really reacting to really well. Is that, it was like, very visible here. Yeah, the reaction to yeah. it. <laughs> I think but it was like audible, that, yeah. yeah. But that... Um, the visuals were audible. Uh, but that was um, that bridge bit, I think, where you... Oh, and the... Where you're walking the melody up. Git. Well, that's basically going from... Okay, so, little disclaimer. I'm in D standard, but I'm going to talk about the chords as if I was in E standard. So, basically, what I'm doing there is the one of the song at that point is G. So, I'm going... Just walking up on that chord, you know what I mean? Just like using yeah. the sus4 and going up to a, to a quote-unquote D. And then I go to a non-diatonic chord, which is the 2, a major 2 instead of a... Instead of that, I go to a minor 2 with a 7. But instead of doing that, I know that on top of an A7, you can access a diminished chord up here. It's just they're interrelated, okay? Triadic cleaning! And so I take away the bottom note of that diminished chord and make it the root which is now an A7 again and then I do a similar shape which I did on the G so you got on the G and then on the A7 again air quotes which people can't see <laughs> um, and then at this point the song is in G but it goes to a B minor still in the key of G and then to an E7 which is not tr traditionally in the key of G which allows you to go to the A for the chorus right and then this is just brief key changes in here as well. This is just briefly out outlining. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> and so then you got the. What did you wonder? All that stuff, and then you go into the next verse, which is an A, same sort of pattern, but now you're in A instead of G. I was gonna say because I thought it started in G, and then I checked yeah. back it was in A. So. Huh? Hold on. Huh? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Do a double take. And then, obviously, because the verse jumps a tone to the chorus, now you're jumping from A to B. So the song actually finishes in the key of B major. Um, you can keep this going, this song going yeah. for ages. <laughs> yeah. You just end up cycling yeah. around all the chords. Going around all the, all the keys. Oh, I'd be like. Chords. But um, that's basically like the chordal structure of the song. But I want to tell you how difficult it was to write this week. Well, you've had a very busy week, uh, so just put that mildly there. Okay, I'm going to set the scene for this song. So basically, um, we started writing, all three of us started writing on Monday to be done for Sunday evening. Mm -hmm. like mid midnight by Sunday. Midnight Sunday. So all that week, I was in Cornwall staying at my mum's because um, I had my friend's wedding uh, on the Saturday at 2.30pm. Uh, my two friends, uh, Joe and Lizzie, um, got married on Saturday. And Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> and um, so on the Monday, I woke up um, in Cornwall um, at my mum's house. And then, so on the Monday, I, uh, I was like, OK, I've got all week to write. It doesn't matter. I've got seven days. So I didn't do any writing on Monday, and I should have done, because that was like my one day I was really free. And then uh, the Tuesday rolled around, and I had gone out on the Monday night and had a few beers, and I was really hungover on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I was mm -hmm. like, I wasn't in the, in the mood to write. And then on Wednesday, you and I had the podcast. Yes. Um, no, 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 wait, wait, Tuesday I woke up. I still had the hangover, but Tuesday. And then we had kilt fitting, because we wore kilts for the wedding. Nice. And so we did all that, and then we had the rehearsal dinner, and then I went home and I practiced my speech, and I wrote it all on cue cards. So Wednesday was 
out for sorry mm. tuesday was out for writing wednesday we had the podcast and then we hung out for the day so that was kind of like a social day and we hung out so there was no writing that day but in the evening um this guy alex cameron who i just discovered he uh, i showed you the single yeah, um, yeah. josh before the podcast um he released this new single called divorce now did you see where my love went because it ain't here in my hand you need to drag that darling between your legs i couldn't bear another needy man i got friends in kansas city with a motherfucking futon couch if that's how you want to play it i'm drinking in the dark because my battery's already And you know when, like, you just get into a song and you're just obsessed with it? And you yeah. just play it over and over. Everywhere I drove all week, I just had Divorce on in the car. I was going to say, that's a mighty fine song to be having on while Someone's you're the best man for yeah, yeah. I was like, I am like... <laughs> so, are you trying to say something here, Roger? <laughs> I was like, don't have this on while they're in the car. So, anyway, I had this song and I was like... At the beginning of the week, I've been reading this book by Philip Jose Farmer, who's like a sci-fi author, and he... Anyway, I was reading his book in bed one night, on, on like the Tuesday night or something like that, and there was this bit of dialogue, this guy goes, for all I know, da-da-da-da-da, I was like, for all I know, that's a good title, because it's quite open-ended, like, for all I know, things mm. could change, for all I know, I'm wrong about this, it could be so many things. I was like, okay, I'll write that down, I had just the title of the song, and then... Uh, so Thursday comes around, and Thursday and Friday are, like, social days um, and practice days and getting things ready for being the best man. And I'm, like, bricking myself because I've got to do the speech at the mm-hmm. wedding. I've got to sort out where are the ring's coming from, and I didn't find that out until Saturday on the actual wedding day. So there's all this stress and all this overthinking, and, like, songwriting was the last thing on my mind. Um, and so you and I, Declan, we went to the deck open mic night, mm. and we we saw some people we haven't seen for a while and all that sort of thing. We played played some sets and I briefly got talking, to, I don't know if you saw this, but I briefly got talking to this girl at the end of the night while she was leaving. And then, like, we had a, we hit it off and we had a bit of chemistry. And I was like, I didn't really think much of it. But we swapped contact information. I was like, I, I didn't really think any of that. And then Friday... I like the way you say we swapped contact information as if, like... I gave her my business card. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like, as if you hit a car or something. Like, the insurance needs to yeah. go. Yeah, sorry, I annoyed you in this pub. We need to swap insurance details. <laughs> Just uh, call my lawyer. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I don't really think much of that. But, you know, we got each other's numbers or whatever. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday are cordoned off for the wedding. You know, I'm with Joe, I'm practicing my speech, and I stay over um, on Friday night in a hotel with Joe so we can, like, practice our speeches and, you know, so we're all there fresh for Saturday morning. And I don't sleep well away from home, right? So I'm in this hotel, and the idea was to wake up fresh and refreshed for this wedding, and neither one of us got any sleep, because obviously Joe's about to get married. He's Mm. so excited and so nervous. He doesn't get any sleep, and then we both wake up just like, you know that feeling when you wake up after no sleep. And then we go and do the wedding. And then at this point, I've got songwriting not on my mind at all. But I've got like a verse and a chorus for the song. Um, but I'm only half done. So I've kind of got up to about, I'm pointing at the paper here, but like literally halfway down the page I've written. Um, so we do the wedding and uh, it all goes okay. And it's a really lovely day. And then I go back and I stay at the hostel that I've booked near the wedding reception on the Saturday night, Saturday night. And it's this hostel where there's six bunk beds fully booked up. There's 12 people in this room and three people snore all night long. Just like the loudest snoring you can think of. And so I wake up on Sunday morning with not much sleep again, a little bit hungover because of the, you know, the party we have at the wedding. And now it's Sunday. 
like I'm supposed to be pretty much done by midnight that night and I'm still in Cornwall and I've got to drive back to Somerset where I live mm. um, because I had things to do on Monday. So I was like, okay, I've only got this half a song. I was like, if I can, you know, get away from the hostel, pack my stuff at my mum's house and then go back to Somerset, it'll be all good because then I'll have like from six o'clock till midnight, like six hours to write, it'll be fine. And then I get a text from this girl and she says, hey, uh, it's me from the other night, do you want to meet up? I was like, I really shouldn't. But okay. And so, I, <laughs> and so I, I packed the car up and then I drove. Um, she lives like in North Cornwall and we, we met up like for three or four hours. And I got back to here in Somerset. We had a really nice time. And I got back to here in Somerset at like nine. And then I had some dinner and I was so tired. And I, I messaged you, Declan. I was like, I sent you a picture of me like with like bags under my eyes going like with a guitar. I've got to write now like reluctantly. And I, anyway, I finished the song with like 20 minutes left to go before midnight and I fell asleep and (laughs) so that's the hardest week of writing I've ever had I mean just being the best man having the speech and getting taking care of the rings and the hotels and everything was enough let alone like I've got to write this song and so there we go that's the story it's You've ended up with a bloody good song out of it which is really impressive but what I like is that it sort of proves the point of the podcast that even if you are the best man at someone's wedding, you have <laughs> yeah. still got time in a still week to write a song. song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I should have done in hindsight is planned my week and organised <laughs> myself. I'd be like, okay, I've got Monday and summer Tuesday quite free. I'll just write a song. But you, but... Know, you know if you'd have done that, you'd have had no ideas on those days. That's so it would true. have been soft yeah. law, yeah. You'd you know, sit, I'm going to write now uh, at any uh, moment. It's just so funny how, like you have to wait for certain things in, in a way like over the course of the week it wasn't until I heard the Alex Cameron song mm. that I was like I have a kind of like tone I want to go for like a, a like a because it's quite an upbeat song because you'll mm. quite you'll notice like usually my songs are much more strummed and slow and melodic yeah I thought you were playing like, Genie at the start <laughs> yeah it's that kind of thing like that palm mute punk sort of oh, style yes. you know um but yeah um that's pretty much it that was the story of it but well that's hectic to say the very least uh, but yeah, I love what you've come up with there. I love the little runs and everything that you mm. do. Like uh, you've been incorporating ideas like that a lot more. But it's really impressive when you do that. You're doing that at speed. So you talked about the initial inspiration for the title for all that I know. Is there anything else in the words that uh, has sort of any direct correlation with anything? Or um, well, it's a kind of. I mean, a... this one's not researched so much. <laughs> no, as... not, not in any way. <laughs> I wish it was. We, I, wish I, had, I like... can't ask intelligent questions. I can just go, what does it really mean? What does it mean? Um, this message? is one that's kind of like a, a pretty broad meaning. Um, it's basically, for all I know, things could change pretty quickly. I was just kind of going off the title, really. It's not like I had some distinct thing to say. It's kind of like um, things can change for the better, basically. Like, at any given moment, something can happen. Someone could come into your life. Things will be okay, basically, is the general theme. Um and don't give in to feeling really low, even if it seems like you want to, you know. Which is probably kind of a thing about the stress of the week, now I think about it. It's like, don't give in to the thing of like, I'm not going to have a song, I'm going to mm. screw up the wedding, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's just like, it will, everything will be okay. Just, you know, for all you know, it will be fine. Mm. So that's pretty much the lyrics. That's pretty good. But, yeah, that's all I can think to say about mine. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it just comes together so well. I think. Thank you. Yeah, it's I, nice. I, and it's it's something. That, yeah, it's, I think your ability to like yeah, like incorporate the little runs and stuff like that. It's just some, yeah, something I'm inherently jealous of. <laughs> but 
Thank just, you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. Yeah, well, brilliant. I cannot wait to hear uh, Atunu's like, drumming for that yeah. one whenever you yeah, do something full band that version one. of that will sound yeah. immense. Fucking tight. Well, that's the thing with those runs, just briefly, is like, uh, because I've been working with this great drummer, um, Itunu uh, Hitty Sticks, recently, like, now when I'm writing, I can't ever have him in the back of my head because mm. I know he'll accent certain things without me even having to ask. So if I have, like, do 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 that sort of thing in a song, I know... Yeah, exactly. It's like I'll just get these awesome little moments from him as a great drummer. So that's kind of like the help thing, you know, that cover of help. Like, that's a lot of the reason I put those melodic runs in is because I know he'd do cool stuff with them. But, yeah, thanks, guys. I'm really glad you like it. That is something really nice. Declan Song. Declan Song. As you can see, I, I've written a lot less lyrics than you two. <laughs> okay, we were ready? Oh yeah. This is my song this week. It's called The Air and the Sea. That's where I was this week. <laughs> Survive. 
sloppy at the end there but I think we'll go with that one <laughs> that's one of your most unusual songs I think that you've it's written different, yeah yeah thank thank you like you were giving me like just just to go straight in like like straight at the start you were giving me like really cool like Everlong vibes on, like, yeah I got that of, too. Like, intro that it's all, nice I did think this sounded a wee bit like a Foo Fighters one yeah um, in my literally head it started I... and I went Foo Fighters Everlong like, like straight away <laughs> not that it, it is that because my first question was like, are you in like Drop D or something like that? But um, uh, no, I'm just in standard tune. Standard. Uh, but yeah, it's a seven chord. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I was having that moment where you're just struggling to come up with an idea, and you're just thinking like, right, well, what chord sequence am I going to be in this week? And you just think, mm, yeah. And you always want to do something off of a major seven, I think. It's just trying to work out what. Mm. So I put the third in there, which I think has this sort of nice blocky awkwardness to it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's a chord you can't ignore and you mm. don't necessarily want there. You just went wait and see where it goes. And it was just trying to come out of where that went. Um, I should explain. I didn't have quite as hectic a week as Roger, but I only had the full Sunday to write. Mm. Uh, so I was sort of. Uh, had a gig earlier this week and I was trying to come up with which was that which is very good oh thank you Um, but uh, yeah I was a bit short on material to start off with so I was trying to come up with songs and one of the songs I was trying to learn was uh, Crosstown Traffic by Jimi Hendrix which is the brilliant uh, like seventh chord shapes in it and everything like Which that shape got uh, stuck in my fingers because it's basically all it is is like a major seven chord, but you're just only playing uh, the E string, the D string, and the G string. So uh, once you're starting on that E seven, move the root down to a, uh, a B because you've got that. D sharp in there, so it sort of still feels like a, uh, still feels like a B. In fact, it sounds like as B sus six, but then it just moves down to that uh, cross down traffic chord in semitones, and then the minor version of that. Mm. And I couldn't work out where to go from there for a verse, so it just repeats that around again. Mm. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, well. There's not a lot to it, but those are sort of nice, weird chords, so I can just hang on them for ages, which is why it doesn't go anywhere very much, if that makes sense. Like, it just sort of stays on those chords for ages because that's all you need. It's not like you need to go... Yeah. I think the cool thing with those chords is like that because they're so unusual and as a listener you kind of wonder what they're even doing or where they're going mm. you don't need to throw loads of new stuff in there because by the time you get to the chorus I was still wondering like what exactly is going on there you know in a good way <laughs> um, so then when you come back for the second verse it's almost like another chance to have a look at what's going on I got kind of like um, 
Wild Honey Pie vibes from the verse, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. A sort of zany, off-the-wall yeah. feel. Uh, especially cool. the bits that yeah. descend with the Crosstown traffic chords. I was like, it reminds me of like the weird side of the Beatles, you know? Thank you. I'll take that as the highest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you do, um, you do. Yeah, but that's all that was into that bit. And then for the chorus bits, I just thought, well, I'm in E major. I've used versions of E, B and A. Mm. I'll just use all of the other trick chords that you can use in there. So major third, uh, G sharp major uh, sixth, uh, C sharp minor, uh, second, F sharp minor, and then E A, but then... It's cool that you used an A minor seven rather than an A minor. It had that... Uh, that's more to do with laziness than anything else. You need, you need to engage one less finger. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's sort of. I thought right, those are chorusy enough chords. That mm. The two sections don't sound like each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was just trying to come up with a melody over the top of that, uh, which ended up. That's what it started as the verse melody, but then it clearly moved somewhere different. But I was. Try my best to keep the chords from not overlapping too much. Mm-hmm. It's one of the temptations when you write a song, is to have like. Gonna write all the words, gonna have every moment filled with words and a melody over every single moment. Have it over every single moment, never have a chance to breathe. Like, sort of thing, like <laughs> uh, you know, never taking a breath or anything. And I just wanted to. I was thinking like, well. How little can I get away with mm. and still have an engaging <laughs> tune? Like, uh, if you compare my lyric sheet to both of yours this week, it, it's 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 really not good. But yeah, that's why they sort of only move over. You have like the. And each mm. line only moves over like two bars, so. Mm. Like trying to keep it a bit sparse so that even when you come back in for the uh, chorus. It's almost just like walking up the chords nice and slowly and everything. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's basically all there is to that. Was it a conscious decision to have the chorus be halftime? Or is that just sort of how it came out? Uh, It just felt right. Yeah, it's it, cool. It's it's not right. it's not something I decided for. Oh, the chorus is going to be halftime on this one. It's uh, just it's a happy little accident. Yeah, yeah. Rather like me, um, <laughs> but it works so well as well. What's it, and lyrically as well? It's um, and like you said at the beginning, it's it's quite clear. It's reminiscent of of your week. Yeah, mm. what you're doing. I, I, I if you're happy to talk about lyrics, can I can I take a leap? Yes. In terms of, I feel, I feel like, so is that based at you at the open mic night uh, in Perranporth? Because uh, I know that bar is quite, because you talk about being with your friends and being at the sea. Well, uh, there is... Oh, I'm completely wrong in that. Well, it's not entirely wrong at all, but, uh, like, uh, walking a harbour wall, counting on the numbers, that yeah. was when I went to Mevagizzi with my mum uh, at the beginning of the week. Yeah. We were just walking along... Uh, 
the harbour and they have like little numbers where you like tie each of your ships up and everything. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's for that. And just waiting for a slip and fall is a really sadistic side where you just think, I hope someone falls in the water. <laughs> Not your mum, I hope. Not my mum, no, no. <laughs> Go on, <She's>... mother. <laughs> Fall in the salty brine. <laughs> so someone else who isn't my mother falling into the water. Um Round a few narrow lanes, try my best to help you before you go round again. That's just generally being in Cornwall like, mm. and trying to drive in Cornwall. Cars are weird down there. They're essential for getting to places because the public transport is terrible, but they're absolutely useless the minute you get into a population centre. Um, yeah. Walking back up a hill searching for buried treasure, spite of our buried bills, that's uh, when we went... Vinyl shopping earlier this week. Ah. Yeah. So the buried treasure is the records. Yeah. I see. And buried bills is the MOT that I had to put my car through. And then uh, I sort of cheated a little bit. This one isn't necessarily from this week, but it's from the last time I was down in Cornwall. Sitting back by the sea, casual conversations ended up pretty deep. I ended up uh, chatting with uh, Chris, who was on last week, Mm. last time I was down. Like Mm. last day before I had to go back up we just ended up walking around some of the beaches in Falmouth and just ended up having a relatively deep chat where it was just meant to be like a quick like hi bye how you doing that kind of thing Mm. so uh, that's what that one is but then I thought well I need something else to end the song with I love the ending it's a Um, really cool refrain mm. well it's uh, I'd love it if I could actually play it properly but um uh, it's sort of our friend semitonal movement has come back, so it's like an E. Uh, so the movement in that one is G sharp, A, B flat, B. And then the next bit is sort of oddly inspired by David Bowie. Tell me to shut up if I'm going on about this too long. Yes, good stuff. But uh, I tried to learn Life and Mars for um, the gig this week. And you know the. But the film is a sad more. She's dead ten times or more. Mm. Um, the, the key I have to do it in, you end up playing an E major and just increasing the fifth by one note each time. Mm. So essentially, what I did is I did that in reverse, like a. Starting at C sharp. Going to C, B, B flat. The cool thing about that is one, it's unusual because most people ascend the fifth, but the fact that you're descending the fifth, you end up with the the B flat in there, which is such a nasty little chord, you know? It's nasty. Nasty. <laughs> uh, but they sort of flow, the two sections flow quite nicely into each other, I think so. feel quite comfortable like having that going round for ages and ages yeah which building is, yeah, yeah. Like, i only did it four times at the end but you imagine like if this was a stadium version you'd have like 16 refrains or something the crowd like splitting <laughs> them all up going like now just the women now just the men but you can hear it i think that would work really well as like a full band song as well. i could hear it in yeah. fact at the end when you were doing the final refrain repeat i was like yeah. i could almost hear a like yeah. a gang vocal room you know what i mean <laughs> yeah just like have everyone well, in the room honestly like really much, it makes me want to grab like a bass guitar and start like working on it it's genuinely it's yeah, it's nice. It's a really good song, isn't it? Thank you. And then just the last little bits of it, the sort of 
the two lines are sort of the sort of things that I like about Cornwall. The air and the sea are speaking to me, world from another time. Like, it doesn't feel like anywhere else. It's a terrible place at times, but it does have a quite... If if counties could have tone, yeah, like, Cornwall has a very unique tone to it. And then Survivors of Plans, my favourite bands, the friends that I call mine, that's all of my friends that I met in Cornwall. Uh, and quite a lot of them are musical, which is why my favourite bands. So you have like uh, Lunacy, you have Majaro, you have Bowman's Brothers, you have Roger Heathers, you have uh, the Black Strings, uh, one of which I was with. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what that is about. Cool. I like it. Love it. Thank I like. You. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's uh, it's a, like I say, it's probably one of the most unusual songs you've written. It comes across as. Uh, yeah, it's just really quirky, which I love. I love quirky music. Hooray for quirky! Yay! That's oh. really cool. Really, really like it. Thank you. Anything else you can think to say about your song this week, Mr. Kitchener? Um. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to get in contact with us, why not send us an email at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com uh, or leave us a comment on SoundCloud, leave us a five-star review on iTunes uh, or a four-star review or a two-star review or a one-star review, but not a three-star review because that implies that we are middling. <laughs> and we are not. <laughs> we are either terrible or we are brilliant. We're not one of the. T- we're not in the middle. Make up your mind. Exactly. <laughs> uh, where can they find you, Roger? At rogerheathers.com. At rogerheathers on Instagram. At rogerheathers on Facebook. And they can find you via Bandcamp as well. But you can buy fully produced versions of your music there, and it is all fantastic. Thank you. Where can they, can they find you anywhere? They Roger? can find me actually. Um, <gasps> oh. I guess I'm just Joshua James on Facebook. The, the one that lives in Exeter. Um, I'm also, I'm, most of my stuff's on Instagram, so it's uh, Joshua underscore James 92 on Instagram. Uh, and like I said, as I start cutting my teeth more, I'll be more readily available for gigs and such. Mm. Awesome. We'll see. And then you can find me uh, on SoundCloud, Declan Kitchener. I think I'm the only one. Uh, and that's about it. Um, this is the end of uh, the regular part of the writing podcast. Uh, uh, we only do these in blocks of seven each time. So next week we will be doing an episode and it will be a roundup, but we're going to have a wee bit of a different challenge. Mm. Basically, I went and saw Rocket Man earlier this week and I really quite liked it, but I was sort of wanted to try the idea of having someone write the lyrics and then the other person writing the music. So what we're doing this week is that uh, Roger's going to be writing a set of words... Uh, for me and I'm going to be writing a set of words for him and then we're going to put music to it this is going to go terribly terribly wrong (laughs) Um, I should stress these songs are if you want to view this in terms of canon or anything these songs are non-canon they're not proper weekly songs sort of it's just a laugh yeah it's just something we're doing for a bit of a giggle the royalties have to be split differently yeah (laughs) this is why it's not a regular thing (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's what we're doing next week. That's um, going to be a really interesting challenge. Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm dreading it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a tough one, but it's going to be going to be fun. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. Tura. Tura. Bye. <laughs> you must say the word, Josh. Tura. <laughs> <laughs>